0: My yoke is easy and my burden is light, bring your cares
1: on to
0: me. From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you on this beautiful Thursday, January 6th. 2022. Uh, traditionally, we celebrate as the epiphany of our Lord, uh, little Christmas in many cultures and big Christmas in many cultures. In fact, I, I understand that in Italy, today, January 6th, there's even a bigger celebration than December 25th. And I think in Puerto Rico, um, it is as well, and other uh, Latin countries. So it's beautiful, beautiful day. We celebrate uh, the epiphany of our Lord, and that, of course, will be the topic of our discussions today, as I will share from you with you from our Holy Father's homily earlier today over in Rome on the Epiphany. It is Catechism Day, so I do want to give you the little blurb, the little paragraph from the Catechism on the Epiphany, kind of breaking away from our teaching on the Creed. We'll get back to that starting next week. But then, um, and you know, if you're a regular listener to this program, I'm a great uh, uh, fan of In Conversation with God, this beautiful series written by Father Fernandez, an Opus Dei priest, uh, many years ago, but it's a beautiful series. I I, I highly encourage—I've been always encouraging people to get it if you can. It's a little pricey. It's about $100 for the entire series, and it's about, I think, a six or seven-book set. But the reflections for each day are not just a paragraph or two. There are a few pages— and they're just so divinely inspired. And so I thought today I would share with you today from the entry, from In Conversation with God. We can't do the whole thing, because as I said, it always is a few pages. But the find the joy of finding Jesus, as the kings did. And so we'll get to that as well. First, we're going to pray, though, my friends. So as always, I invite you to join me wherever you are listening. And of course, we're coming to you on all of our domestic church media Radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but now way beyond uh, the borders of those two states uh, going around the world uh, on all the various means of communications that we have. The various platforms such as Amazon Echo, uh, the Google Home Assistant device, streaming audio from our website, of course, our free mobile app, which you can listen regularly uh, 24-7 on the app as well as watch the program, you know, the programs that we do and produce here at Domestic Church Media, at our studios here at Domestic Church Media. Uh, we also put on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Media, So you can watch that on any device, on your YouTube uh, uh, channel, uh, on your phone, your app, your home uh, uh, smart TV And if you have the Domestic Church Media mobile app, you can also just pull it right up there and watch the program. So all these ways we have of going out into the world as our Lord exhorted us and commissioned us on Ascension Day uh, 2,000 years ago to go into the whole world, and that's what this apostolate does uh, by your prayers and your kindness, your generosity, your goodness, allowing us to do this, to bring this beautiful gospel message out into the world. And isn't that what we celebrate today? on this Feast of the Epiphany. We celebrate the world uh, acknowledging and encountering Jesus Christ, the three kings representing the world, the many nations. Uh, And so uh, what a great blessing and honor it is, a humbling experience for us, very humbled to be asked to to do this, uh, to bring this good news out into the whole world. And I tell you, I've been doing this a long time, And now into my 27th year, I guess, if I started in 1995, would this be my 27th year? I guess so. Um, And just every moment, uh, a great joy to be able to sit behind this microphone in front of these cameras to bring the good news of Jesus Christ into the world that so much needs to hear this gospel message, oh, on a day like today especially, you know, January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany has been hijacked by the secular culture. It's become a, a political, a politicized day. You know, we, we're staying away from all that. We're just sharing with you this day, the day that we remember that the three kings, the three wise men followed that star to the holy home and encountered and adored Jesus. And that's what we're all called to do. So let's start our, our prayer. As we contemplate today, you know, the holy, uh, the three kings, Scripture tells us uh, when they entered the home of, So the assumption there is is that it took a couple years for the kings to follow uh, the star to the home, the holy home of Jesus in Nazareth, where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the holy family, that beautiful domestic church that we all model ourselves after. Imagine ourselves now going to that holy home, and we pray this beautiful prayer of consecration to the holy family. We've been praying it now for over a year, consecrating our families to the holy family of Nazareth. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, And to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And let's pray our prayers to St. Michael. And the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady, as Holy Father asked us to do so many years ago, over three years ago it's been, I can't believe it, but over three years ago, He asked us to pray both of these prayers, the prayer to St. Michael and the Subtum Presidium prayer, we fly to Thy protection prayer, uh, probably the most ancient prayer to Our Lady. Uh, Holy Father asked us to pray these prayers daily, every single day, with the intention to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to that intention to protect our homes, to protect our family, to protect our country, and on a day like today, to protect our country, especially from the attacks of the enemy, the evil one, the prince of darkness. So we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, on this beautiful Epiphany Day, and again, you know, I know the Church liturgically celebrated it on Sunday, but this is traditionally the day we celebrate it, the uh, 12th day of Christmas. Um, And in so many cultures, I mentioned Italy, I know uh, they celebrate this as even a bigger uh, Holy Day and holiday uh, than December 25th. I remember one time I was working with a young lady who was uh, from the country of Puerto Rico. And they they had a beautiful have, I guess, still have a beautiful tradition in Puerto Rico and, and maybe in other uh, Latino countries. But she said that on the eve of the Epiphany, so last night, January 5th, when the little children would go to bed, what they would do is they would take a shoebox and fill it with hay and place the shoebox under their bed. And at night, while they were asleep, the three kings would come through the town. And of course, the three kings on their camels, and the camels were hungry, so the children, when they, as they left the, the shoebox of hay for the kings to feed the camels on their journey to see and find the Christ child, Uh, The three kings, in gratitude after having fed their camels with the hay left by the little ones, would leave little uh, toys and trinkets in the shoebox. So the next morning, the Feast of the Epiphany, January 6th, when the little children woke up, they'd go take their shoebox from underneath their bed and see the hay was gone, and there'd be little trinkets and toys and treats for the little ones. So a beautiful—I always loved that tradition. In fact, we did that with our kids. Once I heard that, many, many years ago— uh, as when our children were growing up, we did that with them. We, we, we you know, we did a lot of those traditions throughout the entire month of December, starting with the Feast of St. Nicholas and uh, all the way up until this day. So anyway, I do pray that we are still are celebrating Christmas. You know, the world has put it away a long time ago, <laughs> the 26th of December. I think the world uh, put Christmas away, uh, but not us, not as people of faith. We're still celebrating this beautiful, beautiful miracle that occurred 2000 years ago in Bethlehem the Son of God came to us born to us to save us from sin and death and on this day we would remember as the day and celebrate as the day that the three kings the three wise men found the child Jesus and I'm going to share so many reflections with you today Um, first of all we're going to go to Holy Father Pope Francis um, from early today over in Rome and as I said in Rome um in Italy, it is celebrated today as a magnificent uh, holy day and holiday. Uh, holy Father today in his homily at the solemnity of the Epiphany uh, encouraged people to spend time in the presence of Christ in adoration like the magi. So here's a perfect opportunity if you can. you know I know we're expecting a little bit of snow tonight and tomorrow, but it's not going to happen until later tonight, so there's still time on this epiphany day if you can, if you can. To get to a church, uh, if you can get to an adoration chapel, great, beautiful, spend time in adoration before our Lord. If you can't get to a chapel that has adoration, you can go to any church. Jesus is there in the tabernacle. Be like the three kings, just like them, and go and adore the Lord today in a special way if you can. Now, if you can't get out and you can't get to the church or the adoration chapel, you still, in your heart, can adore Jesus. You must have a nativity scene, hopefully, still set up in your home, go to that nativity scene and, and gaze upon the Christ child and, and, and put yourself in the position of those three kings who adored the child on this Epiphany Day. So Holy Father's recommending that. He said, let us never, never forget, this is from Pope Francis this morning, that the journey of faith finds renewed strength and fulfillment only when it is made in the presence of God. He said, for this reason, let us not forget adoration the prayer of adoration which is not so common among us to adore in silence there like the magi we have the certitude that even in the darkest nights a star continues to shine oh my brothers and sisters in our world today which is so um, enveloped in the darkness of sin in the darkness of evil Holy Father reminds us that even in these darkest nights, a star continues to shine that shows us the light of Christ shining brightly for we who are his disciples, we who are people of faith. And Pope Francis went on to say that the Feast of the Epiphany is a moment to ask, where are we in our journey of faith? Now, I am so grateful that we have this opportunity that the Lord entrusted to us many years ago this great work of apostolate through radio and all these other means of communication. So grateful, so humbled to this very day. As old as I am now, I'm getting older by the day. I turned 67 a couple weeks ago. My goodness. When my father was sixty seven years old, I thought he was such an old man, <laughs> loved him, of course, but thought he was retired, he wasn't working anymore sixty seven the twilight years and here I am but the Lord is saying, "Oh, you're not going anywhere. stay behind that microphone, keep doing what you're doing for a while for as long you know however long he wants me to, I'll be here I enjoy every moment and I'm so grateful that and i when I read your beautiful little notes, your emails your when you send your donations when you tell us how much the uh, the apostolate means to you. It, it warms my heart because I know that the Holy Spirit through us is helping you in your journey of faith. So Holy Father today asks us, asks us to ask ourselves, where are we in our journey of faith? He said, have we been stuck all too long, nestled inside a conventional, external, and formal religiosity that no longer warms our hearts and changes our lives? Do our words and our liturgies ignite in heart in people's hearts a desire to move towards God? Or are they uh, a dead language that speaks only of itself and to itself? And, you know, my brothers and sisters, it's, it, we have opportunity every day. And some people can get to Mass every day. And that's beautiful. I know most people can't because of scheduled conflicts and things. But the Lord makes himself present to us in the liturgy, in the Word, in sacrament. But Holy Father says that, you know, we shouldn't get too comfortable, perhaps, nestled inside and and make that an end in and of itself. You know, what drives us to want to be there? With Jesus, what drives us to want to be at the sacred liturgy? Do does our worship and our words and the words of the church and the words of liturgy ignite in our hearts a desire to move toward God? You know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. People who have stopped coming to mass—thirty, um, you know, twenty some percent only of. People who consider themselves to be Catholic attend Mass regularly. Why aren't the other 80% drawn to that? What's happening? Where are they in their journey? Where are we in our journey? Holy Father said we should ask ourselves. He said that it's sad when a community of believers loses its desire and its content with maintenance rather than allowing itself to be startled by Jesus and by the explosive and unsettling joy of the gospel. You know, we're trying to think of, and I know so many, many of you uh, are in parishes with wonderful, wonderful pastors um, who I'm sure are doing the every best they can uh, in how they lead and shepherd their, their parish and their parishioners. And I know that we need to start thinking about how can we get to the people who aren't coming to the—you know, people—if if 80 if percent of the people are not coming to the church— we have to go to them. Holy Father said, and has said often, we need to go out to the peripheries. One of the great blessings of what we do here is we can reach people wherever they are. You know, we reach uh, prisoners. This this gospel proclamation that we present here 24-7 pierces prison walls. And in many, many ways, and I can, I can attest to this because I received the correspondence and hear the stories— that the gospel message that is proclaimed on these radio stations and over these various platforms that we use pierces even the most hardened of hearts, bringing them to conversion. Studies have been done where there are Catholic radio apostolates in any particular geographic area. Mass attendance increases. People's participation in parish life increases. There's a great... Uh, um, uh, efficacy to the power of the media. Pope Francis said it's sad when a priest clo- has closed the door of desire sad to fall into clerical functionalism. And, you know, I know he's, he, uh, Pope Francis upsets some people because he calls them out, especially those who are in deep in clerical functionalism. He, he he attributed this crisis of faith that we have today in the world to the eclipse of desire for God, which he said is related to a kind of slumbering of the spirit, to the habit of being content to live from day to day without ever asking what God really wants from us. You know, and it's not even an intentional way of living, I think, on the part of so many. We get comfortable. We settle in. We are creatures of habit. We get into routines. But Holy Father reminds us that we need to make ourselves aware that we can get into the habit of being content to live from day to day without ever asking God, what do you want from me today? What do you need from me today? He said, we are sated with plenty of things but fail to hunger for our absent desire for God. We find ourselves living in communities that crave everything, have everything, yet all too often feel nothing but emptiness in their hearts. What was the big number last night? I think I heard on the news the Powerball winnings exceeded $600 million. I think there were two winning tickets. Every time I hear somebody wins the lottery, the Powerball, the Mega Millions, I always pray it's one of our listeners. So, so They'll share some of that goodness with us. But So think about that. Was, I think it was $635 million, right? It was, the, it was the jackpot last night. Two winning tickets. That means they had to split it. So each got $300 million. Oh, boo-hoo. But I tell you, and you know, you've heard the stories. Sadly, so many people who, all of a sudden, are uh, recipients of that enormous wealth, their lives turn upside down in not a good way. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of temptation, I guess, that comes people's ways when they have a lot of money especially suddenly. And um, so you could have all that the world has to offer. If you have $300 million, you could have anything you want in the world, in the ways of the world, but you still may be uh, completely um, in spiritual poverty, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much worldly things you have. And we have so many people today, as Holy Father said, who have that emptiness in their hearts. He said that the way to increase desire for God is to place oneself in his presence. Jesus alone heals our desires from the tyranny of needs that make hearts grow sickly. God elevates our desires. He purifies them and heals them of selfishness opening them to love for him and for our brothers and sisters. And he said, please, let us not forget adoration. And he added that the pilgrimage of the Magi, for example, uh, is, for example, all who are called to journey toward Jesus. The journey of faith demands a a deep desire and inner zeal. Sometimes we live in a spirit of a parking lot, he said. We stay parked without the impulse of desire that carries us forward. The Magi teach us that we need to set out anew each day in a life as in faith, for faith is not a suit of armor that encases us. Instead, it's a fascinating journey, a constant and restless movement ever in search of God, always discerning our way forward. Now, think about... uh, Every year we come to this point, how many of you, myself included, have made New Year's resolutions? I always say my New Year's resolution is not to make a resolution because uh, nary do we keep them. Well, maybe some. Our our New Year's resolution every single year, every year, should be, I want to become holier. (laughs) I want to, by December 31st of 2022, be a holier person than I was on January 1st, 2022. That's the only thing that really matters. Oh, we have responsibilities in this world. We have material responsibilities. We have uh, responsibilities in our vocation in life, whatever that might be. Yes, we have to take care of those things and resolve to be the best at whatever it is we are called to be. But no matter what our vocation is, uh, whether it be a spouse or or uh, religious or You know, and and in in the worldly vocation of whatever the work is that we do, a teacher, a nurse, a doctor, uh, a broadcaster, whatever, whoever, and whatever that vocation is, our resolution should always be, I want to be a holy broadcaster. I want to be a holy doctor. I want to be a holy teacher. I want to be a holy mother, a holy father. We need to live holy lives. That should be our resolution. Be nice to lose a little weight be nice to break a bad habit, that's great. Do those things to improve whatever the physical uh, uh, benefits of that might be. But spiritually, our spiritual New Year's resolutions every year should be to become holier. (laughs) And that doesn't mean to walk around with your hands folded and, and a halo around your head and your head bowed and Flagellation, everything else just means just live a holy life. Call, live as you are called to be as a child of God. Seek Jesus. On this Epiphany Day, Holy Father reminds us just as the three kings, just as the Magi followed that star in a world of darkness, seeking Jesus, finding Jesus, adoring Jesus. We have the same opportunity today. It's no different today than it was 2,000 years ago on this day that we celebrate when the three kings encounter face-to-face in person the Son of God. You and I have that opportunity every single day. It's no different. It's the same Jesus if we're blessed enough to be able to get to daily Mass and we receive him in Holy Eucharist, it's the same Jesus. If we can get to an adoration chapel today, especially as Holy Father recommended, or to a church before the tabernacle, and do exactly as the three wise men did, to adore the living Christ. He is present to us today, just as he was present to the Magi, 2,000 years ago, and Holy Father exhorts us to adore him, to spend time in adoration. He said the Magi are models of courageous faith that is unafraid to challenge the sinister logic of power, where in our day, modern Herods continue to sow death and slaughter the poor and innocent. The Magi return Quote-unquote, by another way, Scripture tells us. They challenge us to take new paths. Here we see the creativity of the Spirit who always brings out new things. You know, every time I receive uh, a letter, a note, an email, or someone calls or tells me how their life has changed because of what they heard or what they hear on Domestic church media, again, it's of no merit of our own. We are just the instruments. But people tell us how their lives turned around. People tell us how they became a new man, a new woman. And what they are saying is exactly what Scripture tells us happened to the Magi after encountering Jesus. They took a new path in life. Everything changed. That's why it's so important, my brothers and sisters, as Holy Father recommends, spend time in adoration in whatever way you can. And if you're blessed enough to have an adoration chapel nearby and you can get there, get there. If you can, your church is open and you can sit before the tabernacle, go do that. And if you can't get out, and I know some of you can't. You don't have the access way to do it. You have no way of getting out. You still can adore the Lord in your heart, especially this time of year where we, where we have symbols of, of that beautiful uh, scene, that beautiful nativity scene where we can, just like the shepherds, just like the magic, go and adore the Christ child. This is what it's all about on this beautiful day. Holy Father reminding us, encouraging us to go and adore Jesus. In whatever way we can, brothers and sisters, on this Epiphany Day, let's make an effort to do that. Adore the Lord, just as the three wise men did on this beautiful, beautiful day of the Epiphany. When we come back, I'll share with you from the Catechism, since it is Thursday, paragraph on the epiphany but then i also want to share with you this some beautiful reflections by father fernandez from in conversation with god on on this uh, beautiful day stay right where you are there certainly is more to come and i shall be right back so don't go away 60 seconds with archbishop fulton j sheen
1: in the history of the world, only one tomb has ever had a rock roll before it, and a soldier set to guard it, to prevent a dead man from rising. And that was the tomb of Christ on the evening of the Friday called good. What spectacle could be more ridiculous than armed soldiers keeping their eyes on a corpse? But sentinels were set, lest the dead walk, the silent speak, and the pierced heart quickened with the throb of life. They said he was dead. They knew he was dead. They said he would never rise again. And yet, they watched. They remembered that he called his body the temple. And that in three days after they had destroyed it, he would rebuild it. The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
2: The Leading Catholic Voices are on EWTN Radio.
1: One of the things that we often think about in our spiritual lives is how to do something big for God. But really, most of the time, we should focus on how we can do something small for God. It's these small things that help us consecrate our ordinary daily activities and help us do everything for Jesus Christ.
0: Catholic Answers Live. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media, weeknights at 6.
1: When you give in to thinking that's ripping you to shreds, that deflates your confidence, that caves into all your fear, you're not just thinking negatively, you're thinking in a way that's unholy. God wants His people to face everyday life not just redeemed from sin, but with redeemed attitudes, redeemed thinking, a redeemed sense of who they are. Stop beating yourself up between your ears all day. No wonder why you look tired all the time. St. Paul wrote, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You should think like someone who believes in a God who created you with purpose, who gives meaning to every experience, even suffering, who bestowed dignity and royalty upon you, and who destined you for eternal glory. And why should you think that way? Because it's all true. So when the way you think builds you up instead of ripping you down, that's not just positive thinking. That's godly and holy thinking. This is Chris Stefanik from ReallifeCatholic.com on EWTN Radio.
2: Father Benedict Groschel. There are all legitimate differences of opinion in any religion. There are differences of opinion in Catholicism. But in Catholicism, you expect that people will take the teaching of its supreme authority seriously. To go diametrically opposed to those teachings is to not be a Catholic. Someone in the name of Catholicism is sponsoring the destruction of human life lives of unborn children, and they got the name Catholic on the door. The highest authority in Catholicism in the encyclical, Humanae Vitae, Evangelium Vitae, is absolutely clear that no Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN radio. Every single day, I get to help our listeners of the Sunrise Morning Show wake up, find out what's going on in the church and the world, and then walk with them as we all seek to grow in knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. I mean, how could it
0: get any better? The Sunrise Morning Show with Anna Mitchell and Matt Swain. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media, weekday mornings at 7.
1: 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
2: It's like the, the brides, you know, 10 were very, very fervent, and they had oil in their lamp, and they had oil, extra oil. Here were 10 that didn't they had oil in their lamps, but no extra oil. The bridegroom is coming, and those who had just the oil in their lamp all went out. And they said, give me some of your oil. And they said, hey, we can't, unless we too ran out. Now, the first thought in your mind is they're uncharitable. Why didn't they share, right? I know what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. But see, when we die, my friends, when the bridegroom calls you and me, there's no more time to get oil. You've had five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You've got to repent. You've got to go ahead of time and put oil in that lamp.
1: The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
0: Well, welcome back on this beautiful Epiphany Day. All right, I know the Church liturgically celebrated it on Sunday, but uh, traditionally this is uh, January 6th, traditionally the Feast of the Epiphany, and many countries and cultures around the world celebrate it, so we're celebrating it. (laughs) Hope you are, too. Even if you heard a little earlier today, Cheryl's program had some Christmas music on it. We still should have our tree up, our lights on, our nativity set up. Uh, you know, and there are many on the old calendar. Christmas lasted till February, 20, uh, February 2nd. So if you go by the old calendar, you got a few more weeks left. Keep that stuff up. Rejoice, rejoice in the birth of the Lord. Uh, so being the epiphany, and it is Catechism Day, I thought today that I would go to the Catechism section on the Epiphany. There's a paragraph on it, and it's in the section of the uh, Catechism on the Mysteries of Jesus' Infancy. Um, in paragraph 528, our Catechism teaches that the Epiphany is the manifestation as Jesus of Jesus as Messiah of Israel, Son of God, And Savior of the world. The great feast of Epiphany celebrates the adoration of Jesus by wise men, the Magi, from the East, together with his baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee. So, here, Holy Father, today, earlier, as I shared with you before the break, talked about going to adore Jesus today, if you can be in his physical presence, his real, true, substantial presence. But You can adore him in your heart in a special way, too, if you can't get out. Today is the day that we remember this. It celebrates the adoration of Jesus. And what a beautiful day to spend time in adoration. In the Magi, the Catechism says, representatives of the neighboring pagan religions, the gospel sees the first fruits of the nation's who welcomed the good news of salvation through the Incarnation. The Magi's coming to Jerusalem in order to pay homage to the king of the Jews shows that they seek in Israel, in the messianic light of the Star of David, the one who will be king of the nations. Their coming means that pagans can discover Jesus and worship him as the Son of God and Savior of the world, only by turning towards the Jews and receiving from them the Messianic promise as contained in the Old Testament. The Epiphany shows that the full number of the nations now takes its place in the family of the patriarchs and acquires Israelitica dignitas, made worthy of the heritage of Israel. So, you know, we always think... uh, uh, well, first of all, the church exists to evangelize. That's the purpose of the church, that the church is here to evangelize, to bring the good news to all people. Isn't it interesting today, you know, how uh, the culture, the world, will tell us to suppress your talk and your. Uh, um, well, your your, your teaching and, and your your faith in Jesus keep it to yourself. Keep it in your house. Keep it in your church. Don't bring it out into the public square. They they bring up a, a gross misinterpretation of what the founding fathers called the separation of church and state, which did, didn't mean don't talk about faith. This the separation of church and state established by the founders of, of this country was that there should not be a a, uh, a government religion forced upon people. Government has no right to do that. But didn't it, we have freedom to worship as we we, we are called to worship. We as Christians, as Catholics especially, are called to evangelize, to bring that good news, to share that with other people. Jesus told us to go out into the whole world. Jesus didn't say, okay, so here's the good news. Now go to your church and, and keep it there. He said, go out into the whole world and bring the gospel. The world says, don't bring it out into the world. Keep it locked up. So you see who's behind that. The epiphany that we celebrate today shows that the full number of all the nations, even pagans, can be converted. Even pagans can understand and be introduced to the Son of God, the Savior of the world, which is what our missionary work has been for 2,000 years. So we should be celebrating that. And and, and as the Holy Father said earlier, to spend time in adoration, to adore Jesus, to adore him, and again, if you can't get out to a chapel or to a church to do that, to be in his his physical, real presence, you certainly can adore him in your heart in a special way. Set aside some time today. Uh, I'm, a, I'm sure everybody still has the nativity sets up. Just go spend some quiet time before the nativity set of our Lord, and gaze upon that holy family, especially gaze upon the Son of God, laid in that manger. And adore him. So that's from the Catechism. Now, I do want to share with you this. As I said, if you're regular listeners to this program, I am a great admirer of Father Fernandez, uh, Father Francis Fernandez, who's an Opus Dei priest, who uh, a number of years ago wrote this beautiful series in Conversation with God. And again, it's not Conversation with God, totally different. So stay away from conversation with God. You want in conversation with God. And this is what Father Fernandez writes about today's beautiful feast day. Today the church celebrates Jesus being made known to the whole world. Epiphany means manifestation. And to the kings, I'm sorry, and in the kings are represented all peoples of every language and nation who set out, called by God, to adore Jesus. Again, there's that word, adore, to adore Jesus. And then there's a quote from um, Matthew 2.10. They observed, I'm sorry, they obeyed the king and went on their journey, and all at once the star which they had seen in the east was there going before them, till at last it stood still over the place where the child was. They, when they saw the star, were glad beyond measure. And Father Fernandez writes, they were not surprised because they were led to a village, nor because the star stopped over a simple little house. They rejoiced. They rejoiced with an uncontainable joy. How great is the joy of these wise men who have come from so far away to see a king and are led to a little house in a village. How much is there for us to learn here? In the first place, we learn that every rediscovery of the way that leads us to Jesus is filled with joy. And, you know, we we heard that word a lot, right, throughout Christmas even in Advent, anticipating Christmas, joyfully anticipating Christmas, joyfully anticipating the coming of the Lord. The word joy, the beautiful fruit of the Spirit. Father Fernandez says we will learn that every rediscovery of the way that leads to Jesus is filled with joy. I was sitting here earlier before the program and I was reading, and I, I read it on um, on our little Christmas program that we had before uh, I left, you know, for Christmas celebration. My program on the, that aired. It was a beautiful um, uh, prayer, basically, from John Paul II, uh, leading up to the Great Jubilee, where he was comparing the music of Christmas to the joy of of, of the birth of Christ and how so many hymns and carols that just, you know, we played it for the entire month of December, you know, I got a lot of great response from so many of you who said how much it enhanced your, your, your Christmas time, having the real Christmas music playing on the station, not the, not the other stuff, but the real uh, hymns and carols that sing of the joy of the birth of Christ. And I was contemplating, and I, I think we all probably get you know today. Of course, it is little Christmas, still Christmas, not over yet. But we know that within a you know this coming Sunday, which is the feast of the Baptism of the Lord, liturgically, the Christmas season is over. A little sad, isn't it? If we let it be. We want to feel this Christmas joy throughout the year, and you know the world, as we all know, is in such upheaval and has been for now entering into the into the third year of this whole pandemic situation, if that's really what it is anymore. The devil wants to rob us of that joy. The devil wants nothing more than to reach his ugly, filthy hand into your heart and tear that joy out of it. He wants us to be miserable. He wants us to be sad. He wants us to be anxious. He wants us to be fearful. He hates when we have that joy in our heart. And you know, you've heard, I've said it, we've read it, I'm sure, in other sources, other places, how we should pray that the Christ child born in Bethlehem, born into the cave of our hearts, on Christmas Day, dwells there not just throughout this Christmas season, but dwells in our hearts throughout the entire year. Because when we allow him to dwell in our heart throughout the entire year, that joy never leaves us. And Satan stays away. He can't get near us if we retain that joy. So Father Fernandez talks about the great joy that the Magi experienced when they when they first encountered Jesus, but also for us, that every rediscovery that we have in the way that leads us to Christ is filled with joy. He, he writes, we are perhaps in danger of not realizing fully how close our Lord is to our lives, because God presents Himself to us under the insignificant appearance of a piece of bread, because he does not reveal himself in his glory because he does not impose himself irresistibly, because he slips into our life like a shadow instead of making his power resound at the summit of all things, how many souls are troubled by doubt because God does not show himself in the way they expected? I shared with you, my brothers and sisters, a special Christmas prayer that uh, Cheryl and I had, still have. It wasn't answered on Christmas Day the way we wanted it to be. And... We're not giving up hope. (laughs) It'll be answered. It is being answered by God in his way, in his time. And so we don't always uh, see God or see the answer or see Jesus in the way we expect, right? Father Fernandez says, many of the people who lived in Bethlehem saw in Jesus a child like any other. The kings uh, knew how to see him as the child who from then on, should be adored forever. Their faith gave them a unique privilege to be the first among the Gentiles to adore him when the world did not know him. How immensely happy must these men have been, having come from so far when they were able to contemplate the Messiah soon after he came into the world. And Father this says we have to be attentive because our Lord also shows himself in the normal Events of every day. May we break through the monotony of days which are all the same and find Jesus in our ordinary life. And then he quotes uh, from Matthew and going into the dwelling, they found the child there with his mother Mary and fell down to worship him. And again, we have that opportunity, my brothers and sisters. Every day, every day to be adoring that same Christ child in any Catholic church where there's a tabernacle, where the blessed sacrament is reserved, where there's an adoration chapel, where we can receive him during Holy Mass, the same Christ child, we too, just like it says in Matthew 2.11, we can fall down to worship him. He's as present to us, really, truly present to us, as he was to the Magi. And then it continues, we also kneel down before Jesus, God hidden in humanity. We tell him once more that we do not want to turn our backs on the divine call, that we shall never separate ourselves from him, that we shall remove from our path all that may be an obstacle to our fidelity and that we sincerely wish to be docile To his inspirations. That's a great resolution right there. (laughs) You know what? To be docile to the inspiration of Almighty God throughout this year. I resolve to be docile to the prompting of the Spirit. Beautiful resolution. Father Fernandez says they adored him, they knew that he was the Messiah. God made man. The Council of Trent expressly quotes this passage of the Adoration of the Kings to teach us the cult which is due to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus present in the tabernacle is the same Jesus the wise men found in Mary's Mary's arms. Perhaps we should examine ourselves to see how we adore him when he is exposed in the monstrance or hidden in the tabernacle. With what devotion and reverence, Do we kneel in the moments indicated in the Holy Mass, or each time we pass by those places where the Blessed Sacrament is is reserved? I remember, and I've shared with you often, but it's still in my my head. My father, God rest his soul, always used to wear a a hat, like a fedora, basically, (laughs) when we were little. And even as he got older, he always had a hat. He always wore a hat. But he used to wear this little, you know, little fedora. That was the style then back in the 50s. And I remember uh, driving in the car, and we were driving past our church on Palisades Avenue up in Pagoda, past St. Joseph's, which was our church. And as we passed the church, I saw my father tip his hat. As we passed, he was in the car driving by a church tipped his hat because he was passing a tabernacle. If only we could still maintain that same type of awareness of the presence of Christ in our world. Here's my dad driving. There were two, three, four of us in the car. My mom, as he's driving, you know, responsible for all of this family driving a car, you know, they want to be distracted, but still had the wherewithal as he passed the church to tip his hat knowing that the Lord was there. How many times do we do that? How many churches do you drive by every day in the course of your travels? Bless yourself, acknowledge the presence of Christ. You know, it's up to us. <laughs> isn't it is not the world's not going to do that but you and i who call ourselves catholic who call ourselves christians who call ourselves disciples of jesus we have to make christ's presence in the world known by how we live and acknowledging Christ's presence on this beautiful day of epiphany, getting back to what our Holy Father asked us to do, to adore him, to let people know that we adore him. You know, the world doesn't want to know about Jesus. They don't want to know about this Jesus who for 2,000 years ago revealed to us everything we need to know and how to live in order to get to the Father's house. When the three kings arrived at that holy home, they knelt down, bowed down in adoration right away. Here is the King, the Savior of the world. And sometimes I think we take it a little bit too much for granted. You walk into a church, get ready for Mass. There's the tabernacle. There is Jesus right there. Every time we walk into a church, we should be experiencing the same thing those three wise men experienced 2,000 years ago. I have found him. I've been led here and I've found him. Here is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I bow down in worship and adoration. Jesus, thank you for letting us be aware of your presence. Thank you for making yourself present to us in the sacrament, never leaving us, even to the end of the age. So on this Epiphany Day, yes, let's celebrate. It is Christmas. Have some cookies. <laughs> Make a special meal. Shine those Christmas lights brightly. Don't turn them off yet. Oh, boy, if you're like me, my neighborhood has gone dark. I don't know what happened to all the lights. Well, our lights are still on. But what happened to everybody else's lights? It's still Christmas. Come on. Make this a Christmas day. Make it a day of, of adoration. Make it a day of great joy, of, of rediscovering Jesus in some way. Go stand before the nativity scene. Make yourself present to Christ in that way, whatever way you can. And if you can't get out and be with him in person, in his real presence, certainly, as I said earlier, you can worship him in your heart. Today's the day, my brothers and sisters, that we remember when the three kings discovered Christ and found him. Let us make a day that we rediscover him and refind him and spend time with him. And let's pray that the rest of the world does too as well. You know, this is the day that we, we remember that the world discovered Christ. Wouldn't it be nice if in some way there was a, an enormous manifestation that the world suddenly realized who Jesus is and where he is and how he can be found? We can bring him to others. That's our call as Christians and as evangelists and missionaries. Have a happy happy Epiphany Day and a happy Christmas Day. And uh, tomorrow, Friday Live, by the way, with the snow coming, we're going to have to reschedule a few things. Uh, uh, Bishop will not be here tomorrow. He's going to come back, I think, on the 21st of January. And uh, Bill and George have to have a repeat on. But Cheryl and I will be here for Friday Live, so come back and join us then. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.